that. Genesis chapter 1, we're going to talk this morning uh, about being created in the image of God. Being created in the image of God. Now, I want to go ahead and say these messages uh, are not, uh, I can hear these one time and then I'm good. Okay, uh, this isn't one of those messages. Uh, I, I, I try not to be so in-depth that I drown everybody on Sunday mornings. Uh, but however, uh, I, I want God's people to learn something when they leave uh, this building and take something with them. Uh, so these messages that we're doing on Genesis, uh, they, they have a little meat to them. They have a little depth to them. Uh, so what we're doing, you, these, these are messages that you go on our website and you watch them throughout the week that you go on iTunes and you download them and listen to your car, uh, that you grab the notes off the information center and that you follow along the notes and look up the scriptures uh, so that you can uh, take these messages and continue to think on them and follow up with them uh, for the rest of the week. Uh, so we want you to do that and make those available. And next week we'll have the messages uh, from this series, uh, from this message on there. If you need them earlier, just uh, send me an email. My email address is in the bulletin. Just send me an email, uh, and I'll send you a Word document uh, with uh, the notes on it as well. You're studying during the week. So we're talking in Genesis, and we spent the month of January talking about how God is the creator. And we talked about creation. We talked about the power of God in creation. Now we're going to specifically focus this month on being created in the image of God. We're going to look at how God created mankind and what purpose and where does man find his and her identity from. So really this is going to be a message about identity. We're going to interact with the scriptures this week and then share some other things as the month goes on about who we are in God and who we are in Jesus Christ. Because uh, as we've said before, our world is going through an identity crisis. We don't know who we are. And if we don't go to the source of the creator, we'll never know who we are. And when you don't know who you are, you don't know how to function properly. You lose your purpose. How many of you know when you create something, there is a purpose that the creator created that thing. He created it for a purpose. And the purpose is not to be abused. When you abuse something, you use it for something other than its created intent. And many of us abuse ourselves and others because we fail to recognize the purpose that the creator created us for. So we're going to talk about those, and for this month, we're going to talk about identity, who you are in God and who you are as a Christian in Jesus Christ. It's going to be some good stuff. So let's jump into it this morning. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God created he them. Male and female, he created them. 
Again, as we talked about with Genesis chapter 1, and we talked about the creation, we said in the, in, in the beginning God created. The Bible does not put up a defense of God. It doesn't really put up an apologetic of God. The purpose of Genesis 1 is not to convince you that there is a God. The purpose of Genesis is just to declare God. Just to declare this is he. This is God. So here we come with the God creating male and female created he them in his image and in his likeness. The Bible doesn't debate it. It really doesn't even go on to explain it very well. It just declares mankind is created in the image of God. So the first thing I want us to see this morning is that God is the creator, source, and life of all mankind. Being created in the image of God, what does that matter? It matters because being created in the image of God shows mankind where its source and its potential lies. Where its source and its potential lies. The first thing God says here, he says, let us make man. That's the first phrase we want to look at. Let us make man. Well, the first thing he says is let us. And there are many different speculations on who is us. And I think the most satisfying is us is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image. When we look in Genesis chapter 2, he took the dust of the earth and formed a body. And then it says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So man was an inanimate object when God made it from the dust. It was lifeless until God breathed in the breath of life. That's the spirit. The word breath, wind, spirit. And man became a living soul. He became a functioning, thinking, reasoning, feeling being. Just as God is in three parts, a triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he's created us in his image as a triune being, body, soul, and spirit. So let us make man. Next thing I want you to see is the word make. The word make. This goes to God being the source. Everybody say source. Source. God, uh, the creation story is, is interesting in Genesis chapter 1 uh, because we find that God created through words. God created through speaking. And what God did in several instances, and we'll look at that, is when he wanted a resource, he spoke to the source. So when God said, uh, let, when God wanted grass, he didn't say grass grow. He said, let the earth bring forth grass. So he spoke to the earth, and earth brought forth grass. He, when, when he wanted fish, he said, let the seas bring forth abundantly. So he spoke to the seas and fish came. God spoke to the source. Let the earth bring forth. Grass is a resource of the earth. So three things I want you to see is, number one, the source of creation was the life source for the resource. What happens if you take grass or you take a tree and you take it out of the ground? It dies. What happens when you go fishing and you, and you bring that fish up, and the moment it comes up out of the water, what does that fish do? It starts flopping around. 
Because it's like, what happened? I was perfectly fine five seconds ago, but now something is not right. Why? Because you just removed the resource from its source. When a star falls out of the heavens and it burns up, you've taken the source, the resource out of its source. It gives it life. It gives it life. It's also the strength of a resource is determined by the source it was made from. Take those same fish, put them in a, uh, put them in a nice uh, ecosystem and a water and, and where it can grow and have nutrients, and it will grow and it will prosper and it will be strong. Take it out and put it in an old, muddy, contaminated stuff, and it may not live as healthy. You have good soil, that'll produce good crops and good ground. You have not so good ground, that doesn't produce great stuff. So the strength of a resource is determined by the strength of the source. If you have good wood and you build something, it'll be strong. If it's rotten wood and you build it, it'll be source. Just just say that pew you're sitting on. If that pew is bad wood, it could fall right now with you. Good wood, strong wood, strong source, strong resource. The next thing, mankind finds its fulfillment of its potential. The fish in a healthy environment can find its full potential. A tree in a healthy environment can find its full potential. But I want you to see something. If you take the resource out of the source, it loses its life. If the source isn't firmly connected, the resource isn't firmly connected to its source, it'll lose strength. And if it's not in its source in a healthy way, it will not reach its maximum potential. So when God created in Genesis 1, God didn't say, let the earth bring forth man. So your source is not the earth. God didn't say, uh, let's put man in the heavens. The heavens are not your source. God didn't say, waters bring forth mankind. That is not your source. When God wanted mankind, he didn't say, let the waters He didn't say, let the earth. When God wanted mankind, he said, let us. Come on, somebody. Let us make man. God is your source. That's why you take mankind out of God. That's what sin did. It separated man from the life of God. And what happens when you separate man from the life source of God? Death enters. And you know what death is? Death is separation. Death is separation. Death does not mean cease to exist. Death is separation. When we physically die, our soul and spirit is separated from our body. When when spiritual death came in, separation between God. Adam now hid himself and his eyes were open. We're going to talk about that next week. So you take the grass out of the ground and the grass will die. You take the stars out of the heavens, and it will die. You take the fish out of the sea, and it will die. And you take man out of God, and man will because man is your source. So if you are connected to the source, the life source, the life of God will flow to you. The strength of the source determines the strength of the resource. 
You might not can make it in your own power. There might be some things that are too heavy for you to bear. You know, we hear the religious saying that says God won't give you more that you can bear. God will give you a lot more that you can bear, so you'll learn to take that stuff and cast it upon him because he already bore it on the cross. <laughs> cast it upon him. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. I pray that you would be strengthened with all might by the inner man, the Scripture says. So your source is not yourself. Your source is not this earth or anything connected with it. Your strength comes from your source, which is God. And it's in God that you find your full potential. We can search this earth for stuff to do. We can search this earth for pleasures. We can search this earth for fulfillment. We can search this earth to be the best us that we can be. But as many of us as tried it, We'll tell you, we always stay unfulfilled. We always stay unfulfilled. It's only you find your full potential in the life of your creator. You can prosper and grow and bloom and blossom in your creator when you're connected to the source. So the first thing we see is that let us make man. God is your source. The next thing I want you to see, let us make man, number two, in our image and likeness. In our image and likeness. What does that mean? Well, three things. Number one, it means our image and likeness is a universal principle. It's a universal principle. You know this is the first thing God says about humans? The first thing he says about them, they're made in my likeness and image. So everything that it means to be fully human flows from the principle that we are made in the image and the likeness of God. It shows us that mankind is valuable and special because man was created in God's image. It causes us to honor each other and respect each other because we're created in God's image. When you begin to see your spouse as the image and likeness of God, you see their value. When you begin to see your children as the image and the likeness of God, I tell you what, I love being a dad. It's the greatest thing ever. The moment I first held my babies, the moment I first saw them, it was amazing. And every time I see them, I see the face of God, and I'm thankful. And it causes me to value them. We saw others like that. If we saw that as a universal principle, not even just as a Christian principle, as a universal principle, and recognize that we're made in the image and the likeness of God. I want you to listen to these two scriptures. Genesis 9, verse 6. Genesis 9, 6 says, Whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God, he has made mankind. So why, did, why, why does God here look down on shedding innocent blood and human blood? Why? Because that person's made in the image of God. In James chapter 3, verse 9, he says, With the tongue we praise the Lord our Father, and with the tongue, and he said we shouldn't be this way, 
with the tongue, we curse human beings who have been made in the image of God. So we should not be praising God and cursing others because they're made in the image of God. So when we're cursing others, it's just like we're cursing God. And they say someone that out of the same mouth, they bless God and curse others. It shouldn't be because man's made in the image of God. The image and likeness of God is a creative distinctive. Man was God's crowning creation. Mankind was God's crowning creation. It was the crown on creation. And mankind has a special relationship with God that no other created thing has with God. There are things that God deposited in mankind that makes him distinctive from every other created being that is on the earth. Creative, distinctive. Our reasoning, our justice, our creativity. When's the last time you saw a giraffe paint a Mona Lisa? We're creative, just like God's creative. Look at the beautiful sky when, when it's sunset or sunrise. You, you drive across the bridge and it's pinks and purples and all of that. God's a creative God. You're a creative people. God's created us in those ways. He's created us for connection with him unlike any other being. And also, it's a reflective reality. It's a reflective reality. Reality. We are put here to reflect who God is and what God is like. Very simply, we're put here to reflect the glory of God into this world. It's kind of like you take one of those big stand-up mirrors that you can go any other way, and you take it and you tilt it, and you can shine the light here, and the light beam will hit it, and, and it'll bounce off. That's exactly what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to receive the glory of God and let it bounce off of us into this world that all the world may see what our God is like. It's a reflective reality. Set an image. Put an image. Now, to, 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 to give you some nerdy theological stuff, I found this out as I was studying for this series, and it was fascinating. That in the time that Genesis was written, there was a lot of false gods. There were temples to false gods. And there have been parallels drawn by certain writers with Genesis 1 and ancient deity temples. You see, your ancient temples for deity, they would set it up in a seven-day process. And at the seventh day, it is said that the deity rests in its temple. Rests in its temple. During those seven days, you would furnish the, ta- the, the, the temple of the deity. And then one of the last things you would do, because these deities really didn't exist, because they were false gods, the people would have to put an image of the deity in the temple. And they would come before the image of the deity. And that image would represent its God. So what many scholars take from Genesis 1 is that the world is God's temple. It's God's temple for him to rest in and enjoy his creation. And that God has set mankind as his image and his likeness to reflect him. One writer even said, he said, why did God tell the Israelites to make no graven image of God? You remember when they come down off the mountain and they made a golden calf and they said, this is the God that brought us out of the land of Egypt. And they made an image to God. And God said, don't make any graven images. One writer says, why no graven images of God? Because we are the images of God that are in the earth. We are the images of God that are in the earth. 
You are a reflective reality to the world showing the glory of God to people all in the earth. And then finally today, being created in the image of God gives mankind purpose. Gives mankind purpose. Let us make man in our image and likeness and let them have. And let them. Because God created us, because we're in his likeness, there are things that we are to do and let them. Three things that it specifically says in Genesis. Number one, it says to reproduce, to be fruitful and multiply, to be co-creators with God, to fill the earth and subdue it. It's one of the first things that mankind should do is the image of God, reproduce. The second is to rule. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air, to govern, to steward this world, to rule over it as God does in the heavens. Mankind was supposed to be God's representative on the earth. And then number three, it was to relate. And we're to have relationship. God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. God brought all the animals before Adam. And it said out of all the animals on the earth, there was not a helper suited for him. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. So Eve came about because God said it is not good for man to be alone. Even in the beginning, God had himself to talk to. Let us make man in our image. God is a God of relationships. God does not want to be a far-out being that is just far back from humanity. It doesn't want anything to do with them. No, God, one thing we find out is God is a personal God that wants to be intimately involved with his creation. It's not about our works and doing fancy religious deeds. It's about living every day in relationship with God. It's not about doing a, a list of do's and don'ts. It's about waking up and knowing he is there and walking with him every day. It's about having that relationship with others as well. God made us to relate and let them reproduce. Let them rule. Let them relate to one another. So what's the conclusion of those three phrases? Let us make man in our image and likeness and let them. What's the conclusion? What does all of it mean? Here's what all of it means. Number one, it means that we and you are valuable and belong to God. That you are valuable and belong to God. Here's how valuable you are to God. When mankind sinned and was separated in his mind from God, was separated by sin, God thought so much of you that he sent his only son to die for you, to be humiliated for you, to be persecuted for you, to give his life for you. Don't ever think of yourself as worthless when a God thought you, thinks of you as infinitely valuable. Jesus didn't die for animals. He didn't die for plants. He died for you. He died for you. 
He died for you. He gave his all for you. Man is valuable, and he belongs to his creator. When plants die, it goes back to the earth. When stars burn out, they, the gases dissolve back into the heavens. When fish die, they go back in the earth. And one day, if our physical life should end, your body may go into a ground. But the life that God breathed into you is going back to its source, back to its creator. You belong to God. Number two, the image of, we learned the image of God is universal in scope. And the image of God is universal in scope, so that should change the way we view others, no matter the outward factors of people. Not by the outward appearances, but by the fact that they are made in the image of God, and we are made in the image of God. It honors, it demands honor and respect regardless of economic status or skin color or anything else. We're made, mankind is made in the image of God. You cannot curse man and bless God at the same time because man is made in the image of God. It also means that we experience full humanity, the experience of full humanity, only when we properly relate to God. You can't know life without really knowing God. You can try. You can try. But you can't fully live the experience that God places here for. You can't experience the abundant life that God's destined for us. God did not, God's intention was not that man live in sin and fear and death. God placed man in a perfect environment. So if you want to look at God's plan, it is not sin and death and sickness and disease and all of this stuff that was a result of the fall. That's not God's intention. God's intention was that you live in his fullness and relate to him in a personal way. And then finally, you may say, that's fine. You say we need to be in God's image and God's likeness. But here's the other problem I found. We have a wrong image and likeness of what God is like. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about what God is like. And I'm going to go ahead and give you a clue. If you want to know what God is like, read the Gospels and look at Jesus. There was a writer one time that said, you can't imagine the weight that was lifted off of me when I found out that God was just like Jesus. Come on, somebody. Because a lot of times we picture Jesus as the nice, graceful guy that goes around forgiving people and healing people and loving people and going after the lost sheep and picking up the little sheep and carrying him and all this stuff. And we picture God as kind of like this mean guy that wants to throw everybody in hell. And that's two different pictures. And if those two are one, something doesn't reconcile. And, and if we're not careful, we can think that Jesus came to save us from God. So this writer says, you don't know the burden that was lifted off my shoulder when I found out that God was just like Jesus. And that God was never out to get me. God was out to redeem me. 
God was out to save me and God was out to love me. So you see how we can distort the image of God in our minds. And we're going to talk more about that next week. When man sinned, did we lose the image of God? Are we not made in the image of God anymore? What does it mean now that sin has come in? And why did Jesus come to redeem us? And what does a redeemed image look like? We're going to talk about that next week. But today I want you to know you are created. That means you're valuable. Regardless of, of external factors, God values you. You're a distinct creation from everything else. Don't think that you're worthless. Today, we have people that want to devalue mankind as even less than other creation. No wonder our young people have self-esteem problems. No wonder they, they don't know who they are because they haven't been told who they are. And been told what the image of God looks like in their lives. When they look in the mirror, they see something less than. What they need to be telling us is when you look in the mirror, you see the reflection of the glory of God shining down upon you. May we stand together this morning.